Just a quick heads up before we start today's episode, I recently put together an in-depth guide to launching and growing a successful podcast. It's called The Top 10 Secrets to Creating a Rock Star Podcast. In it, I break down the top 10 things you should be worrying about to ensure your podcast does well and attracts the audience it deserves. If that sounds like something you want and you want to receive it for free, head over to toppodcastsecrets.com. That's www.toppodcastsecrets.com. In this episode, I sit down with Jonathan Grzbowski to talk about what it's like running a cutting edge, uh, quite frankly, very, very unique business in 2018. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps. Big change. Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and in this episode, I am sitting down with Jonathan Grzbowski. Jonathan is a rogue risk taker turned serial entrepreneur. He is the co-founder of Penji, which is an unlimited graphic design service without limitations. I happen to be a customer and a massive fan of it. Uh, Penji offers unlimited graphic design at one flat monthly rate, something I've used for my business, for my client's business, and have always gotten great results from. John Jonathan is also the host of the number one business podcast, Blind Entrepreneurship. His mission with his podcast and business is to empower the next generation of entrepreneurs so they too can execute their vision to profitability. Uh, So Jonathan, first of all, really, really, really pumped that uh, you are honoring us with uh, the wisdom that you're about to drop. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks. Uh, It's been a long time coming, Greg. Excited to be on. Hopefully we can um, wow some people and provide some value today. Uh, I mean, there's no doubt that that is going to happen. Um, So we had the pleasure of meeting in person for the first time at the uh, podcast movement conference down in Philly. Uh, But we've been running in similar circles for for a couple of years now. And I've seen sort of what you've been up to, what you've been working on. Uh, And I always like to start these interviews with potentially the most interesting question, uh, which is that Penji, outside of being a a phenomenal company that does great work for their clients, you also do a lot of social good, right? We do. Yeah. So something that's near and dear to our heart is challenging the status quo, um, making it a point to have discussions about diversity and inclusion and what that means. And so we hire a lot of inner city youth in the city of Camden, New Jersey, where we, um, where we hire, we hire inner city youth, we hire students from, from Camden. And if you ever know anything about Camden, if you ever done some research about Camden, New Jersey, it is not the most glamorous city in the, in the world. Uh, it's been rated as one of the most dangerous cities in America for more than one year in a row, for sure. Wow. I'll give you the exact statistics on that, but it's a seven to nine uh, square foot mile uh, city has about 70,000 people in it. And a large majority of them are millennials and living under the poverty line. So um, 
to keep, to go into further, there's over $2.2 billion being spent in tax and uh, given to, to companies for tax incentives to mm. locate their business into the city of Camden. And a lot of these co- companies have these unwritten rules, so to speak, where you move into the city of Camden and you have to provide jobs for the people in the city of Camden. And I can't speak to all the businesses. I don't know if all of them are doing it, but I do know that there are businesses that are complaining about what that's like and how we're able to hire people because they may not have the background or the education level, or maybe they're being judged by their skin or their, their background or their name or whatever it may be, who knows. Um, but they have this stigma. And so we wanted to kind of be a company where, well, if you have hundreds and tens and millions of dollars, uh, and you're not able to hire successfully, how come we're able to do so? So we kind of want to be that, I guess maybe maybe not the North North Star isn't necessarily the right word, but um, that guiding, that champion of of diversity, mm-hmm. uh, that champion of hiring people and and providing jobs and internships to people who deserve it just as much as everybody else in the world. I absolutely love that, and um, we. I want to talk a little bit in this this conversation about uh, sort of the process of starting your business. But before that, I know one of the big questions that a lot of my listeners always have is sort of the hiring process, how they can navigate that and, and become better at it. Um, you're in this unique situation of hiring local, hiring uh, with a talent pool that, at least on the surface is maybe less qualified, quote unquote. Uh, how have you developed a system that's allowed you to sort of find the the real talent within that? So we, we're pretty lucky where we have partnerships with a company called HopeWorks in Camden. And what they do is they have a pretty intensive training process that uh, basically that helps kids that want a better life for themselves. So maybe they may not have the resources or the, you know, I guess the finances to necessarily go to some may not have the necessary finances to go to, to a college. Um, they train these kids to give them the necessary tools in order to provide a better life for themselves. And so HopeWorks, we work exclusively with HopeWorks. We've hired uh, one individual from HopeWorks and we plan on hiring and continuing to hire more. I mm. guess like the overarching theme of like what I could give to you if you don't have a HopeWorks in, <laughs> in your region, um, contact your school, contact your local school that's that's near you um, mm-hmm. or find, there, I, I can almost guarantee you that there's another nonprofit in your area that are also training kids. Um, when I say kids, I mean young young adults. Right, so right. Kids. Um, but young adults in order to, to have a better life. And I, and I can say that like you can have all the talent in the world being given to you and we're not necessarily being given talent, so to speak. We still have a hiring process, et cetera, but you have to talk to the people who want a better life for themselves. Mm. And so if they're, if that person isn't necessarily making an investment in order to better their life, then why should we make an investment in trying to help them better theirs? So, Mm. um, I can give you like a perfect example, like earlier today, Literally earlier today, about 10, 15 minutes before we, we got off, we got on air, I received an email that says, I could actually read you the whole thing. I'm not going to say the name, but <laughs> um, it said, hello, I'm so-and-so. I'm a senior at so-and-so, majoring in so-and-so. 
Um, your company, Penji, really piqued my interest. And as I've always had a desire to work in a graphic design field, I'm writing to inquire about a potential internship following my graduation this spring. I mean, cool. You know, kudos to you for, for, for sending your resume. But it's like, especially as a young startup, there's no, there's no differentiation. There's no personalization in this email. Mm-hmm. So we've had people that are reaching out to us that are specific and saying like, I'm interested in working for you, by you. I want to learn from you because you're a cool business. Here's why I want to do it and give like, this is a very generic email. So the people that we've talked to primarily um, have come from very specific reasons and interests and, and a, a motivation that they had in order to work for, for a company like ours. Does that, does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And, uh, it's so fascinating because if we, if we flip this from the, um, the, the hiring point of view to the getting a job point of view, uh, I think uh, the big holdup that a lot of people have is not that question of qualification or not being, uh, good enough. And the truth is they probably are incredibly talented, but maybe they don't have the college degree or maybe they don't have the X, Y, Z. And it's sounding like between an organization like uh, HopeWorks or just going straight into your inbox, but being very specific about why you want this particular company and why you you feel you, are, you should be a part of this uh, specific team. It sounds like between something, somewhere in that, you can almost get around the, Hey, I need a four year college degree. So long as you have talent, would you say that there's any truth in that? I think, um, so we kind of have a, like a system that we use in order to hire people and talent is actually the last thing on the list. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you can be mediocre at what you do and you can absolutely have none of the qualifications of or the background that you would need but if you are dependable if you are reliable um if you have the motivation to want a better life for yourself that's beyond what you currently have um those three things are far more important than any skill like you could have we could have somebody that comes from i'm just gonna use harvard as an example because harvard mm-hmm. is the notorious most popular school for quote unquote smart people. But you can have somebody that comes from Harvard that applies to Penji and we can have a conversation with them and ask a couple of questions and find out that they're neither dependable or reliable. Um, but we find out that they're extremely talented at, um, at, at graphic design. Mm-hmm. I, I can say that they, that person in particular, probably even though they're the most qualified to, to necessarily, um, uh, be a good graphic designer or be a developer or marketer, whatever it may be, they might be at the very bottom of our, of our list of people because they're, they don't fit the, the, the more important criteria within our business. But you have somebody that is extremely dependable and extremely reliable. Um, they'll most likely get the job ahead of the people, the person that's more qualified. Got it. 
That is fantastic, fantastic advice for those of you. Uh, and obviously, it's it's going to be different at each company. But uh, as you are looking at, at either changing roles or, or uh, moving into something that you are much more passionate about, uh, I think that, that based on what Jonathan just laid out, that is a fantastic way to look at how you can sort of gauge yourself and uh, check the boxes. Too, though. You know, like it's not like revolutionary stuff I'm talking about, like, do you come into work on time? Simple as that. Of course, of course. But so this is an interesting conversation though, because, uh, that stuff is basic, but it's not always done. (laughs) Like why, why do you think that is? Why, why is it that someone who on the surface says like they check all those boxes, they say they want a better life for themselves, but then two months into the job, they're showing up two hours late every day. Like what is that disconnect? So, I mean, for us in particular, we have, um, we have, we start all jobs as like an internship, as like a trial period. Mm -hmm. So that way we can kind of like test the person out. Um, obviously, you know, to some point paid, uh, at other other opportunities that may be unpaid. It depends on the situation, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, but you kind of get that trial period of like three months or so, where you can test the waters and, and gauge that individual to see whether or not they're really interested or, or are they flip-flopping to a hundred and different things that they're passionate about. Mm. And if the person is able to stay, remain focused, remain calm, um, if they're able to come in on time, prove that they're reliable, they go to, to networking events that maybe we might throw or we, maybe we might get invited to a party. Are they there? Uh, are they eating dinner with, or are they eating lunch with us type of things? Mm-hmm. Uh, like small little things, like really minuscule stuff like adds up into the grand scheme of is this person the right fit? Like is this a culture fit? Got it. And as a small company, I mean, we're only, we're 35 people deep, but you know, it's, it's still a relatively small team. So we have to be able to, we have to be able to see if this person is a culture fit. And these Mm -hmm. are some of the ways that we do that. Support for this episode comes from Zola. Zola is the wedding company that will do anything for love, and they are reinventing the wedding planning and registry experience to make the happiest moment in couples' lives even happier. Zola takes the stress out of wedding planning with free wedding websites, your dream wedding registry, affordable save the dates and invitations, and easy to use planning tools. And you can conveniently manage everything online and in one place. It all starts with your free wedding website. It's easy to use and takes only a few minutes to set up. Then you can personalize your site with photos, details about the special day, and stories from your relationship. Once done, you can build your wedding registry. Zola makes this whole thing super easy, and you can even add the registry directly to your wedding website. So what are you waiting for? To get your free Zola website and $50 off your registry, go to www.zola.com slash tiny leaps. That's www.zola.com slash tiny leaps. Z-O-L-A dot com slash tiny leaps to get your free website and $50 off your registry. Support for this episode also comes from Shaper. Shaper. 
Now, I firmly believe that meeting new people is the best way to find inspiration and new opportunities. Whether you are looking for a career change, to start a new business, or just to make new friends with similar interests, it all starts with meeting someone new and having a real conversation. With Shaper, that process has gotten easier than ever before. Shaper is a free mobile application that takes the complex process of business and professional networking and puts it in the palm of your hand with just a swipe. I use Shaper myself and have had the pleasure of making some incredible connections through it, so I cannot recommend it enough. To download the app for free, search Shaper, that's S-H-A-P-R, in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store, or go to www.gregclunas.com slash connect. That's www.gregclunas.com slash connect. G-R-E-G-G-C-L-U-N-I-S dot com slash connect. All right. So let's, let's switch gears here. You are, so the, the company is 35 people. Uh, how long ago did you launch? We launched on, uh, October 21st, 2017. So a little okay. bit over a year. Okay. So what was the process? Like, how do you go from, this is an idea we have that's in our head, however long ago that was to now a team of 35 and serving clients all around the world and doing social good in, in your locality? Like how, do, where does, what happened in between? Uh, yeah. I mean, so a lot of people may be thinking themselves like, wow, you know, a year that's insane, but nobody understands the amount of stress and struggle we had to go through the past five years of act, six years of actually being in business. Mm-hmm. We started as a, a, as a marketing agency where we were full service, uh, digital design, excuse me, development. Um, we, we did SEO, we did social media, we did web development, app development, mm-hmm. everything. I mean, it was just master of none basically. Um, but we, we did this for about five years, six years, excuse me, five years. And we could just tell that this wasn't the right fit for us. Like we were working with, like, I'll remember it to to this day. I remember complaining so much about how frustrating our clients were. (laughs) And I was just like, why is this person doing this? Like why? Like I'm, I'm just complaining. Like you, you know what I'm talking about. If if you've lived this world, of just a oh, yeah, job. I've, I've definitely been there. Life. Yeah. So we, I, I remember it so vividly, my complaints. And I just saw a trend like, wow, you know, I'm complaining a lot. And now that we made the switch, and I'll get into the reason why, I haven't complained at all. I've been celebrating all of our clients. Mm. So that fundamental shift is definitely important. So if you find yourself complaining, I, I'd highly recommend maybe you're not doing the right thing. Um, but we started Penji as a side project because we're the one thing that we've consistently been told is that we have really, we're really good at design. And when I first started the, I have a co-founder, but when I first started my digital design business, um, it was really hard for me to find a designer. So I tried to hire students. I tried to go on freelance websites, but I, unfortunately, none of those worked for me. So I did all the graphic designs myself for about two years. And if you know me, you know that I am dog crap at like, I don't know if I can say the, the S word, so to speak, <laughs> but I'm, I'm that uh, to graphic design. I am terrible at graphic design. I'm the least qualified person to ever do anybody's graphic design. <laughs> so, like, We know that 
everybody knew that I wasn't the right person to do this, but it was really hard to find these graphic designers. And so it was just a matter of like, do I waste time finding them or do I just do it myself because I know I, I trust my own abilities that it's like not the best, but it's passable. So, um, yeah, so that was kind of like the, 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 the idea of where it came from because we need to fill this need. And then we started filling the need and we realized like, wow, you know, this is a service that people actually want this unlimited style graphic design. Mm. And one thing led to another, we got a client that was, uh, I think it was in June, May or June of 2017. And then we're like, okay, we're, we got one customer. Like we barely had to sell them. They were like good, ready to go. And then we really started putting the, 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 the wheels in motion here. We're like, okay, this is something that was way too easy to sell. Can we sell it again? And we sold it again. And then we started asking more people and say, Hey, if we build this thing, would you buy it? Um, and we surveyed about like 150 people and a large majority of them said, yeah, like I would need this mm-hmm. and like, crap, man. Like this is, this is a need in the marketplace and we need to be able to fulfill this. And so that's when we started adding software behind it and adding technology behind it. And then our official launch date was on October 21st. So, I mean, dude, there's a lot of struggle that I didn't even bring up, but it was years of just what the hell am I doing with my life? And now it just makes so much sense. And I'm confidently sitting here talking to you about Penji, which is the single greatest thing to ever happen to me. And I'm really proud of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic service. So I'm, I'm not shocked at that at all. Uh, but there's two really important themes I want to pull out here and dive a little deeper into. Uh, the first is uh, sort of the willingness to pivot. And, and so you, you were frustrated, you were complaining a lot. Uh, and the important thing with that is you were actually willing to stop and look at what your other options were, whether by choice or not. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is they have their business idea, they have their thing. And there is sort of the, the, uh, rhetoric in the marketing world, in the, uh, entrepreneurial world that, you just head down, stick with it, stick with it, stick with it. How do you know when it's time to actually shift gears and maybe consider a different direction? I, I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. I fought, I fought the the transition greatly mm-hmm. because I was very naive to the to the sense that like I could fix it, right? Like I thought to myself, like, yeah, I could, I could fix this thing. Like, don't worry about it. I don't, I don't. We don't need this new stuff. Um, but I think it was just like a fundamental thing internally Mm -hmm. that told us that like, yeah, we can't, we can't be doing this forever. (laughs) But then the second thing was you have to look at your goals, like your actual life goals. Like what do you want to accomplish in your life? What do you want to be quote unquote, when you get older and then build a life around that goal Got For it. us in particular, what we were living in in the past had was nowhere near the dream that we wanted to to obtain, and so we had to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, "All right, well, do I want do I want to continue this and just get coast on by?" And you know, we kind of looked at the the numbers of like, "All right, well, we could probably be a pretty successful company and make somewhere around you know, maybe a hundred to half a million dollars a year, mm-hmm. right?" That was kind of like the that was the, the, the glass ceiling. 
And then we saw Penji and we're just like, man, like there's so many more people that we could help. And this is such a huge need. I think that this is probably a more fun opportunity because we could help more people. Because when you're doing agency stuff, I don't know the type of customers that you used to work with, but like we used to work with like universities and things like that. Mm-hmm. And we're not helping anybody. <laughs> we're helping the, the we're helping the university make more money by making their website look sexier so they can so more students can come in and be a part of their and pay tuition. Yeah. Like that's not fun. Like if you think about it. Yeah, it's cool to get that client cuz it's like your ego boost, but you're not helping, you're not changing the world. And I think with Penji, we have the opportunity to do that. Absolutely. Uh, and, and so then the second big thing I wanted to pull out, and this I think is a critical piece of the process. It, it, I think, and looking from the outside in, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, this is probably the biggest reason that Penji's been as successful as it is. Um, you were validating the process, or rather the product, while you were building it. Uh, you were asking questions, you were uh, lining up potential customers, you were selling and then improving as you got that feedback. Could you tell us a little bit more about why you chose that approach? Is that something that you learned, read somewhere, uh, or is it just a, a natural um, reaction to, to the situation and sort of how you went about having those conversations, finding those people and, and getting the actual feedback you needed? I never really thought of anything that you just said <laughs> um, before. I, I think that we, who are we to, to tell other people how to use in what Penji is? And so in the very beginning, and we still do this to this day, and a lot of customers may be disappointed or frustrated at this, but anytime you cancel on Penji, you are going to get on a phone call with one of our team to have an exit interview. Hmm. And Every time that you say something, whether good and bad, it's being heard and your voice is being heard and we are actively trying to listen to all parties. So I can't give you a definitive time period as to when, but I think it's just something that like we've constantly, we're constantly curious and we're staying curious mm-hmm. because we don't know it all. And I think that ability to learn more about our customers and why they're choosing Penji over our competition and uh, why they're, how they're using it, like all these little things. I think that is our greatest differentiator and our competitive edge. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you were uh, originally exploring this product idea, how did you source uh, the first few conversations you had? Was it previous clients or people in your network? Uh, yeah. So our first 100 customers was our first 100 customers were 100% all affiliated with our locality. Mm. And I can almost guarantee you that people that are listening. I think your next, your first, not only are your first 100, but I can almost guarantee you that your next 100 are also in your local, your locality as well. Um, I think a lot of times businesses, especially SaaS type of businesses, they immediately believe just that for, um, really quickly, I apologize just for clarification, uh, SAS is software as a service. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Thank you for, uh, for chiming in on that. That's, that's huge. Yeah. So, so a software as a service, uh, uh, services like, um, like what buffer, if mm-hmm. you use that, what, what else would be a SAS? Slack would be a yeah. software as a service. Um, so they think that like, Oh, well we can go global immediately. And like, yeah, we have global clients, but we're not actively marketing to like Italy, for example, 
Right. Um, they just naturally come in. So yeah, I, I, I forget the, the, the original conversation, the original question, but can you remind me of the original question again? No, you're doing great. Uh, the question was just sort of how you source those initial conversations, initial customers. Oh uh, yeah. 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 We, we literally just got on I, emails. Like we sent emails. We, I, I remember messaging and you were probably one of them, uh, in the very beginning, I messaged every single person on my, on my Facebook that I knew was relevant to business. Mm-hmm. And I said like, Hey, can I get on a call with you? I think this is important. And I'm almost, I can almost guarantee you that I sent it. So if you go back in the timeline of our, of our messages, I know I've sent you a message. Oh yeah. I remember them. Yeah. Yeah. So I spammed the crap out of everybody. I gave (laughs) zero S I don't care about the word. No, like I'm a weird person. If I hear no, I get excited about it because I'm one step closer to a yes. But, um, I sent so many people messages and saying like, Hey, I think this is what I want to do. I think this could be a really good service. Uh, could I get your feedback? And I knew that that if the, if you could find a way to in, get other people to invest in the initial states of your product, that they're more likely to invest in you in the near future. Got it. Did you um in the beginning, uh, prior to I guess the the tech being built out in the back end, did you offer some kind of discount for early adopters, or was how did you get over the the hurdle of no? Um. So we did. I. So we actually, yeah, I guess that we did. Yeah. So we did have an initial, an initial product offering, which was $79 a month. Mm. Um, and it was like for two, like three projects or something like that. And we realized off, like off the gate, we're like, this is, we're, we're losing a lot of money here. So (laughs) we ended up stopping it, but we still have people to this day that are still on that plan and we upgraded them because of it. Got it. Um, So yeah, we did have an initial product offering. It wasn't the best. It was a really silly move on our part, but we wanted to just validate what we were thinking. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we definitely offered it. And and then also another story is we offered development when we first started too. So it was design and development. Ah. And we quickly realized that like that wasn't going to work either. So now was that that just a cost issue or were customers not interested in it? No, customers were interested. We just didn't know how to do it. Mm. So like if you're going to dilute your service because you think you can provide more, we, we like to argue that less is actually more. And by focusing on that one thing, um, I, I'll give you a quick example. When, I, when, we were in, when we were in a digital design business in the agency, we would go to all these different networking events and people would look at me and be like, you're the... Um, you're the internet guy. And then like somebody else would be like, yeah, you're the, uh, you're the it guy. And the next person would be like, yeah, you know, you're the, uh, you do websites. And another person would be like, you do, uh, I think you do social media. So it's like out of four people, all, each of them had a different answer. Yeah. So if you could focus on it and be like, Oh, you're the design guy or girl, you know, whatever it may be. Um, I think that's a more powerful conversation because people remember it better. Yeah. And you end up getting uh, more opportunities just sort of surreptitiously happening as a result yeah, of that. Exactly. So Jonathan, this has been a uh, incredibly valuable conversation for many out there listening. Um, we didn't get to talk much about your podcast, but just tell us a little bit about that and sort of what you're trying to do with it. Well, I can say I just had an awesome guest on the show by the name of Greg Clunas. <laughs> um, now, I mean... 
the podcast, uh, to, to be brief, the podcast is just a passion project for me. I, it's entrepreneurship is extremely lonely and I'm sure you can attest to this at times, but it's, it's a, a dark place and it's really cool to meet new people. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I use the podcast as a way to meet awesome people, to give these people a platform to talk about themselves and share some amazing stories. Uh, it's called blind entrepreneurship and it's just, we, we, we're trying to cure blindness in business. That's, that's the main objective. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to help people execute their vision so they can get out of these, these ruts. I'm sure there are all days where people that may be listening that are entrepreneurial or want to get into business where you're like, what the hell do I do today? Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do today. Um, and that's what the podcast is all about. So it's a topical conversation where we try to fix and cure blindness in business. Love it. Uh, and so outside of that, uh, Penji is the business, Penji.co, C-O. Uh, Blind Entrepreneurship is the podcast. Where else can we connect with you, go a little bit deeper on this conversation or work with you if we feel so inclined? I think the best way to do it is just head over to Penji.co. And Perfect. if you like anything that we talk about and if you want to contact uh, me directly, the best way is just to email hello at Penji.co. Um, mention this podcast and uh, I'm sure it'll be th- that email will be directed to to me it'll be forwarded to me so uh, hello at penji.co or um, or or uh, penji.co is the best solution. Beautiful. Penji.co. And I would highly, highly recommend those of you listening right now uh, to just do a quick search for blind entrepreneurship wherever you're listening to this. It's an easy, easy thing for you to do. Uh, and there is an interview with me. So if you feel like you just want to hear both our voices again, go for it. Uh, Jonathan, again, thank you so much for sharing uh, your experiences with this, building this company, navigating some of this, the processes and struggles that you've had to deal with over the, the five, six, seven years of doing it. Um, it is incredibly valuable. And I know somebody out there is thinking, okay, I'm finally ready to go. I'm finally ready to start this business. And maybe they can use Penji to help them figure out the branding side. Absolutely. Thanks for your time, Greg. And for those of you listening, thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your attention with us, for spending a little bit of time with us. It is always, always amazing to me that you are willing to hang out, willing to learn from the incredible guests I bring on. And I can't thank you enough. If you haven't already, find me on Instagram at Greg Clunas. That is the best way to make sure that we can have a conversation. We can bring some context to these ideas to you specifically. Uh, And make sure you click subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. As always, I've been Greg Clunas. And remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. day.